And welcome to Next Reads, a podcast where we read the first chapter of a young adult or middle grade book to help you figure out what to read next. This podcast might contain language or situations some readers might find offensive or unsettling. The North Liberty Library does not necessarily endorse any author's views, but it does support the freedom of speech and the freedom to read. I'm your host, Kayla, the Youth and Teen Services Librarian at the North Liberty Library. My pronouns are she and her. Welcome, listeners. Today, I'm going to be reading from Unseen Magic by Emily Lloyd-Jones. She's the author of a bunch of middle grade and YA books, like The Bone Houses and The Drowned Woods, which are both fantastic. So our book today is a middle grade 2022. It's also a completed duology. The second book, Unspoken Magic, just came out. And here is the summary. Nestled in a forest of towering redwoods lies the tiny town of Aldermere, where the only thing you can expect is the unexpected. For 11-year-old Finn, Aldermere is home, and it has been for the past three years. She knows how to find the vanishing tea shop, and she knows the ravens must be fed. She knows all the other rules for living in this magic-infused town. It's the first place she's ever lived where she feels safe and the first place where she's found a way to deal with her constant fears. A cup of tea from the tea shop makes them melt away, at least for a few weeks. All it costs is a single memory, and there are plenty of things that Finn would rather not remember. But then, a visit to the tea shop goes terribly wrong. Finn accidentally creates a shadow self who seems intent on destroying Aldemir. If Finn wants to save her home, she will have to face her fears, literally, and find the courage that has always been inside her. Ooh, so that's the summary. This book is fantasy with some magical realism. It has magic and mischief. It explores standing up to your fears and accepting yourself. It's enchanting and captivating. Some content warnings are anxiety, domestic violence, stalking, and amnesia. What is a better way to celebrate National Tea Month than a monster made of tea? just gonna leave that right there for you to think about and let's get started with the chapter this book is a delight i enjoy it so much chapter one the tea shop the tea shop tended to vanish it always reappeared but never in the same place twice it occupied a corner of main street for a good two years until a tourist tried to force the front doors open then the shop snapped out of existence leaving a very confused tourist standing on a bed of overgrown ferns. And once it vanished, it was often days or even weeks before the tea shop's new address became known. Finley Barnes knew the trick. Like all magic, you could only see it if you knew where to look. She touched a hand to the wooden gate and pushed it open. The rusty hinges creaked so loudly that three ravens looked up from their perch on a neighbor's garbage bins. The lids had been thrown back and the ravens were happily ripping into plastic bags. Looks like someone didn't pay them this week, said Eddie Alloway. He stood a few feet from Finn, watching the ravens with interest. Maybe they forgot, said Finn. Not everyone remembers the ravens. Eddie snorted. They should. Then they wouldn't wake up to garbage scattered all over their yard. He reached into his jacket pocket and withdrew a lumpy napkin. He'd crammed several bread crusts inside, the edges still sticky with almond butter and honey. He tossed one of the crusts onto the sidewalk. 
or what counted as a sidewalk in Aldermere. Tree roots had cracked the pavement and moss filled in the edges. One of the ravens perked up, bouncing in place. Then it leaped, wings slicing through the air, and landed about ten feet from Eddie and Finn. It edged closer, swallowed the bread crust, weariness giving way to hunger. We're two feet away from a don't feed the wildlife sign, said Finn. Eddie had lived in Eldermere his whole life. He gave the sign a casual glance. Ravens don't count. Besides, those signs are for tourists who might try and feed the bears. Or worse, before you move here, a Bigfoot found someone's old campsite and it took forever to convince her to leave. I'm still not sure I believe you about the Bigfoot, said Finn without conviction. I've never seen it. Not the Bigfoot, said Eddie. A Bigfoot. There's a difference. And if you don't believe me, ask Nick over at the gas station. He was the one who relocated her. Anyways, he said, as if this concluded the conversation. It's not like the ravens will leave any food behind. It was true. The ravens had eaten every crumb and were eyeing Eddie, as if hopeful for some more. Finn turned toward the tea shop. You coming? She called over her shoulder, but she knew the answer already. Eddie preferred the sweeping space of the outdoors, the fresh scents and wildness. The tea shop was warm and dark and quiet. Finn loved it for exactly the reason he never would. He shook his head. Are you sure you want to? She wasn't sure. Finn was never sure of anything. That was her problem. The science fair is less than two weeks away, she said. I won't do a good job if all I can think about is how I have to talk in front of people. She felt the full fear like a living thing. Her stomach shriveled up, her fingertips went cold, and her words fled her mind. And the waiting was the worst part. She was jittery and distracted, the constant worry like a song she couldn't get out of her head. The more she tried not to think about the science fair, the more she did. Just one last time, she said. Eddie dug more crumbs out of his pocket and tossed them to the flock of ravens. No, not a flock. An unkindness. That was the right term. The tea shop's door was heavy, and Finn had to use her hip to shove it open. There was a circular streak across the floor where the door dragged. The first things Finn always saw were the rows of bookshelves lining the hallway. The shelves held leather-bound tombs and modern paperback romances. Talia's collection. The tea shop's main room looked as though it had once belonged to an apothecary. There was an old wooden counter, and behind it, the tea kept in mason jars with handwritten labels. Sunlight glittered off the chamomile blooms, the tight curls of dried oranges, and the dark brown Ceylon leaves. Atop the bar sat a heavy mortar and pestle. It was made of rose quartz crystal, pink with veins of white. When a person ordered a cup of tea, Talia took down the jars of herbs and blossoms and sifted the blend into the mortar. A customer whispered a memory into the tea, and then the memory was gone. It was the price that such magic demanded. Finn didn't know what memories she had lost to the tea shop. It wasn't like she missed them. As for the tea itself, Talia placed it in a thoroughly modern stainless steel ball, steeped it for five minutes, then the customer drank it in the tea shop. A simple trade, one Finn was glad to make. Just breathing in the scents of the tea shop, bergamot, spice, honey, made Finn feel better, as if a weight were being lifted from her shoulder. Talia, she said quietly. She had never seen the tea shop empty before. There was no sign of the older woman. She stepped a little closer to the counter, unease roiling in her stomach. For a moment, she wondered if the tea shop was closed. Maybe Talia had forgotten to lock the front door. 
The idea of being somewhere she shouldn't be sent a shiver through Finn, and she clenched her teeth against the desire to leave. It would all be better once she got the tea. She just needed to do something, like ring the bell at the counter or call out. But her fingers were cold, and she didn't trust her voice to be loud. She rose on tiptoe, peering over the counter. And finally, she heard a noise. A groan, and the sound of it made Finn jump. It seemed to be coming from the back room. Finn had never been there, a metal nameplate reading, Employees Only Storeroom. Today, that door was open a few scant inches. A groan came a second time. Finn stepped closer, heart throbbing. She placed her fingers against the door and pushed. Talia? She hoped to see Talia in the storeroom, looking for some obscure blend. But instead, Talia lay unmoving on the floor. Talia's hair was iron gray, and her tan face was wrinkled like crumpled linen. But for all that she must have been old, her eyes were bright and sharp as cut glass. Now those eyes were filled with pain. Her leg was at an odd angle, an antique stool was on its side, and a broken jar lay beside her. Talia? Finn stepped carefully around the glass. What happened? Reached for the lopsang suchan on the top shelf, Talia said tightly. The corners of her mouth pinched into a pained smile that turned into a grimace. The stool broke. Sure enough, one of the stool's three legs had come loose. It rolled away into a corner. Listen, Finn, said Talia. Go next door. Tell Frank to call an ambulance. Finn's heart felt as if it was trying to scale her ribcage and escape through her throat. It wasn't just the sight of Talia, indomitable Talia, on the floor. The thought of knocking on an unfamiliar door, asking someone she didn't know to call 911, Talia might as well have asked Finn to walk into oncoming traffic. Finn, said Talia. In Talia's raspy voice, Finn's name sounded like a plea. Finn nodded once. Then she turned and ran from the room, across the tea shop proper, and into the front yard. Eddie would know what to do. To her relief, he was still feeding the ravens. Some of Finn's panic collapsed in on itself, and she breathed easier. Eddie, she gasped. Talia's hurt. We need to get Frank to call an ambulance. Eddie dropped the last of the breadcrumbs. One bold raven darted forward and snagged it and flapped away. What? Talia fell, said Finn. She said to get Frank to call 911. Eddie stood a little straighter. This was the difference between them. Unexpected things set Eddie aflame with excitement while they doused any bravery from Finn. I'll go, he said, and jogged toward one of the nearby houses. Finn watched him, then turned back toward the tea shop. She had left the front door open, and sunlight spilt into the dark interior. It made the place feel strange, too open. Part of Finn wanted to retreat, to just leave, but she couldn't do that. Talia needed her. Finn hastened to the back room. Talia had managed to pull herself upright against a wall. Did you find Frank? She croaked. My cousin Eddie's taking care of it, said Finn. Talia nodded. She closed her eyes for a few moments, breathing hard through her nose. Finn stood there, feeling awkward and useless. What, what can I do? Talia opened her eyes. Her face was chalky white with pain. The EMTs, they might not be able to find this place, the magic. Finn understood. You want me to stick around just in case? Show them where the tea shop is? She asked, can I show them? I mean, check the drawer behind the counter, said Talia. Her voice strained. There's a spare key. As long as you carry it, the tea shop will let you guide people in and out. The cash register was an antique. It looked like an old typewriter with its worn metal keys. Finn checked the drawer beneath it. 
There was a roll of tape, bits of twine, scissors, old pens, and a normal key. It was attached to a keychain of a glittery crescent moon. It was oddly heavy in her hands. Finn hurried back to Talia. I found the key. Good, good, said Talia. You've been a great help, dear. Thank you. She gave Finn another pained smile. Go out the back door. Tell the EMTs to use that one. I just told the shop to lock the front. Only in Aldermere could such a sentence be uttered and believed. The silver lock matched the key in Finn's hand. It was a deadbolt, and Finn was quietly grateful that most of her old apartments had come with such a lock, so she knew how to use it. She unlocked it with an easy twist of the lever and stepped outside. The back door led out onto a small porch, and beside that, a gravel driveway. The fresh air was a relief against her skin. For once, the tea shop was too small and dark, as if Talia's pain had filled up every corner. Her legs shaking slightly, Finn walked to the driveway. The gravel was clogged with dandelions and tufts of grass. Eddie stood on the sidewalk, face shining with sweat. Finn waved at him and he caught sight of her. Did you find Frank? asked Finn. She wasn't sure what she would do if Eddie hadn't. The inn was a 10 minute walk away. Maybe if she ran, he was home, said Eddie. His gaze went to the tea shop. What are we supposed to do now? Wait, said Finn, making it sound like a question. We have to wait, she said more decisively, just in case the EMT people can't find the tea shop. Realization sharpened Eddie's features. Oh, yeah. He bounced on his heels, impatient and eager. Finn sank to a crouch so he wouldn't see that her knees were unsteady. They waited, and every moment dragged. It took the EMTs about 30 minutes to arrive, which was pretty fast. They must have been nearby. Finn heard the whine of sirens first, and she walked closer to the street, the key still clutched between her fingers. The ambulance pulled up to the curb, and two people got out a young woman, and a slightly older man. They glanced around as if bewildered. Finn took a step closer. This way, she said, but her voice was too quiet and they didn't hear her. Hey, called Eddie. He waved, and this time the EMTs heard. Eddie pointed at Finn, and she gestured toward the back. There's a back door around here, she said, and the EMT's gaze snapped toward her. The older man blinked twice, then nodded. There was a flicker of confusion as he looked at the tea shop. That was probably the first time he saw it. He wouldn't know magic for what it was. Most people never did. Even the tourists, who believed in Aldermere's reputation, mostly came for tarot readings and postcards featuring Bigfoot. Magic wasn't bright flashing spells or turning people into toads. It was quiet and creeping, and it had a way of stealing into the cracks of the sidewalk and into the very water. Everything happened quickly after the ambulances arrived. Finn led the EMTs around the back where they found Talia on the floor. Finn watched as Talia was loaded onto a stretcher, carried up and into the ambulance. She thought she should have taken Talia's wrinkled hand in hers and given it a friendly squeeze. But that was what a brave person would have done, and Finn had never been brave. When the ambulance's doors slammed shut, Finn stood on the broken sidewalk and watched it drive away. It turned a corner and vanished from sight. Finn couldn't move. The bitter taste of fear lurked onto the back of her tongue. And despite the fact she should have been sorry for Talia, she felt sorry for herself. Talia was gone, the tea shop was closed, and there was no magic to banish Finn's fears. And that is the end of chapter one. What do you think will happen next? Do you think Finley will finally face her fears? What's up with all the ravens in Aldemir? What are your thoughts on the tea shop and its magic? This book is available as a physical book in the library, 
If you need any help finding the art book or need help with your library card, let us know. We're always happy to help. I hope you found this chapter intriguing enough to check out. And if not, there's always another book just waiting to be discovered. Please check the show notes for some read-alikes. I have some good books about tea, which are really interesting. I have some middle grade and YA books in there just because I love a few of them too much. Thank you for listening and join me next time for another Next Reads. Next Reads.